This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. So Aaron Driver, in February of this year, agreed uh, to enter into a recognizance to keep the peace, special section of the criminal code. And uh, basically, he, he agreed to do a lot of things. And what we don't know right now is how closely the RCMP were monitoring him. We need to find that out. And you may say, why? What difference does it make? It makes a huge difference. Huge difference. And I'll tell you why. If the RCMP say, look, we just couldn't do it. We didn't have the people power. We didn't have the money. We just can't. We've got 10, 11 people on those, on those peace bonds right now. Well, then maybe we then force the feds to say, we're opening up some coffers here. Because had the, uh, the FBI not tipped off the RCMP, and had they not acted as quickly as they... Th- this was like down to the last second. This was down to the last second. So we need to know. It was like Deputy Commissioner Mike Cabana said yesterday, quote, as it's clearly demonstrated by this case... When individuals have these kinds of intentions, intentions such as Mr. Driver had, there are no conditions that can be put in place that will prevent them from taking action. Yes, unless you can find it out before. So we need to know what they were doing. Mike, welcome. Thank you. Um, well, peace fun. I mean, I heard there's a gentleman in the States or, uh, that it was basically in the same situation, and they've got him locked up. With the things that you know he was doing, yeah. basically the same things that we're doing here. Yeah. So that means the peace bond does not work here. If we can't enforce it, if we can't, like, there's a problem there. So if the problem's that, let's change it. Let's let's modify it. Let's make it work for us. Yeah, work and and that's it. And I, and I don't disagree with you at all. And that's that's what this is about, right? Because we do have a section of the criminal code that deals with terrorism-related offenses. But what happened in his particular case, when he was uh, originally arrested, uh, and then he was he actually was on bail. He actually had a um, one of those electronic trackers around his ankle, and then that was removed. What ended up happening is the Crown looked at the case and determined they didn't have the necessary evidence that they would have need needed to continue a prosecution. And that's why they were going to the peace bond, because it was almost like it was the one step that they could take. Ryan, welcome. Oh, interesting concept, the peace bond. I guess the only concern I would have is why would anybody, anybody at all in the justice system, believe that an ISIS adherent would follow any Canadian law of any type, let alone a peace bond. Well, why, why would we believe something as ridiculous as the fact that we're going to go with, oh, well, he agreed to that. Why would we think remotely that this guy would comply with anything related to Canadian law at all? I don't get it. Like, well, he, he was a follower of ISIS. Sure. Come on. So, so, and, and Ryan, that's, that's a question that we're all asking. So let me answer Ryan's question, put myself in their place, or at least argue as to how it could have worked. You put those conditions in, you say to yourself, as Ryan said, 
He's probably not going to be able to adhere to those conditions. But now we got him with a court order. A recognizance to keep the peace, a peace bond, is a court order. Now we've got him before the courts. So if he doesn't adhere to this, and the odds are he won't, we now have a way to put him into custody. We now have a way to prosecute him, if you will. We now have a way to perhaps control him in a more efficient manner. That's why you would do it. Gwen, welcome. Hi, how are you? How are you, sir? Good. It's a, it's a new world now. They've got to change the laws, and it should be zero tolerance. If you get caught talking or affiliated with any of these terror groups, automatically you go to prison and then assess them over time that way. But it's a whole new world now. You have to, they've got to deal with that and work with what's now, not from before, right? So you so change the criminal code and you make it that even if you have one communication, so if, if no you... Reason. Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm sorry. If you have one communication, so, uh, you know, you've now been... We now know you, you contacted Person X, who was a known terrorist in, in London. Um, yeah. That's now uh, a criminal offense in and of itself, even just talking to them about anything. It should be zero tolerance. That's right. I, that's what I feel. Zero tolerance. If you... There's no reason for you to talk to them, and if you do, then you know the penalty, and if you do, you pay the price. You go to jail, you, and they take it, and that's it. Okay. If it is zero tolerance, zero tolerance if you, and you know the rules, you break them, well, you knew the rules. All right. Thank you for your call, Gwen. Appreciate that. 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Sorry, who do I have on the line? I can't see. It's uh, David. David. How you doing? Hey, David. Uh, pretty good. I uh, heard you this morning, and I was trying to get in, but uh, I heard uh, Jeff MacArthur um, when he filled in uh, that seat yesterday, and he had a security specialist uh, that, that worked closely with the RCMP, and according to him, the RCMP were monitoring him until the Civil Liberties decided to help this person and went back to court and convinced the judge to saying that some of the things that were on that peace bond were against his uh, rights and everything else. And they, they were able to convince the judge to remove some of those uh, those items, which subsequently got the RCMP to lose track of the guy in terms of getting electronics and yeah. everything else. Well, that, that's now, because, yeah, they weren't proceeding on the charges. That's right. Exactly. So if that was the case... And they were, and they were losing, and they lost track of them. Um, I would like to, I would like the RC, to give the RCMP come back. It was, look, you know what? If it wasn't for this, we would have been able to do that and keep a closer eye. Um, that's all I, that's all I could think of. Yeah, no, I, and I, and I like, and I like your points, David, and I, and I think it's good. And from where I sit. And I, and I want this to be clear. I, I'm not trying to be critical of the RCMP. I'm not, because somebody sent me an email before and say, what, why are you, quote, dumping on them? I'm not. I'm not being critical of the RCMP. I think that there, there's probably many proper and bona fide reasons why they couldn't monitor this guy on a more efficient basis. Or maybe they had. But we need to know it's got to come out. It's got to come out in public. I would love somebody from the RCMP to say, look, we would have liked to have been able to do this, but we couldn't for this reason. And then the spotlight moves to the, to the federal government. Then the spotlight moves to Mr. Goodell and his ministry. 
And someone will say, look, look, the RCMP were able to do A, B, and C, but this is what they needed. And maybe that would have helped. Lines are jammed. I know that they're, <laughs> I'm hoping that we can get to as many calls as we can as we talk about the lessons that, that, that are learned from, from, the, from the situation in Strathroy, but more importantly, what we still need to learn. And one of those things for me is, is what the RCMP um, were able to do or not do in, in any type of monitoring of um, Mr. Driver. The other part of it is whether or not we needed more information. Did you need to be warned about this? That's an interesting question as well. 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Sherry and Markham, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you. I was just saying to your screener, because we have such limited options of what we can do with these people on the peace farms, could they not make one um, aspect of it that they have to go for some kind of counseling or therapy to try to de-radicalize them? Okay, so... I mean, it's that the government has talked about this whole. Uh, they, they're, aren't, didn't they say they're opening up some sort of de-radicalization office? I mean, the, oh, I, I, oh. yeah, that's going to be coming up, or, or they're going to be doing that. In in the meantime, do you have any uh, concerns that that you don't have enough information as to why or how it was, whether he was monitored or not, with respect to those conditions in the peace bond? No, I'm not really concerned about that. I mean, the fact is that these people are out here, and you just have to go about living your day as you always would. Otherwise, they've already won. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. And and I think that that's, I think most of us want to live that way. You don't want to say to your, you know, you got to get up and you got to go get out, go to work, do your thing, and you don't want to sit there and think, and uh, th- there are those people among us. I think probably what this tells us is, we, let's not be naive, not that we have to angst about it and be anxious about it, but it would be good to know um, what people are doing about it, i.e. the authorities. Dean in Toronto. Hey, Lauren, how are you? How are you, man? Good. A um, couple things. I'll try to make it quick for you. First off, you know what? I, I hear everybody uh, ragging on the, on the Canadian government how we had to hear from FBI uh, to come and rescue us at the 11th hour. But you know what? It goes both ways. I've heard stories where we've helped the Americans catch pedophilers coming from our, our, right. our division of police. So I'm, I'm okay with it going back and forth. You know what I mean? At the end yeah, of the no, day, that's good. At the end of the day, we actually stopped it. That's what everybody should look at. At the end of the day, it was stopped. Nobody got hurt but that scumbag. But it may have just been lucky. It could have been luck, but you know what? Luck, luck is a part of a lot of things, including sports and luck is our employment. Luck is a big, I, I believe in luck. Okay, now here's the big thing that really bothers me. Where's our prime minister? How come he has not come on front of the camera and said, hey, you know what, folks, calm down. Everything's good. You know, at the end of the day, FBI, RCMP, we had a joint joint action. Like, I haven't heard anything from him or even Wynn or anybody. Well, uh, Mr. Goodell was out there yesterday in front uh, of the message. You know what? At the end of the day, yeah, but look, when anything happens in the States, Obama's right away in front of the camera. Yeah. Like, I get a Goodell. I mean. No, no, I, you know what? It's interesting you said that, Dean. I hadn't thought of that. You're absolutely right. Where was he? He's and where is he? He's our leader. He's the, the top dog in our country. He should be the one out going, I don't care if he's shirtless in B.C. Beach. At least he comes out and says, hey, you know what, people? Today's a good day for Canada. We had a, 
our RCMP with, you know what I mean? Like, come on and, and talk to us instead of hiding and, and taking shirtless uh, selfies all day. Like, he has time for that, but he can't even talk to his people to say, listen, we had a really good day yesterday. You know, we stopped something, and, you know, and I don't care if he uses the word luck, but you know what? He's got to be in front of the camera and talk to us. He's nowhere to be found, so I'm sorry. That's a okay. big F on him. Thank you, uh, Lauren. All right. Thanks, Dean. 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Do you need more information from the RCMP? Do we need anything more right now? I mean, like what Dean's saying there, it, it worked. It was uh, uh, kudos, 1,000% kudos to the, to the RCMP to be able to work as quickly as they did after they got the tip because who knows what, what would have happened literally minutes or perhaps hours later. But how much would did they know about Mr. Driver since February, since those conditions were in? How much did they know what he was doing? All right, Jared in Oshawa, thank you for waiting. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you very much for uh, listening to all our opinions right off the hop. What do you have to my, say? Uh, uh, my thing on this is that what's wrong with martial law? If someone creates this uh, problem for themselves, they should be scrutinized. No, uh, no bail, no nothing. That's what you, so no matter what, <laughs> I mean, no that's not. It, we're, we're talking about people at the public safety. What's wrong with, remember Mr. Trudeau, FLQ, martial law. Well, it, some people feel it, it's got to come to that. Um, and that's why we don't have things like that in place in this country. And that's why when you look at something like a peace bond in these situations, it's, it's almost like the last resort. It's, it's, it's at least something. Uh, sorry, who would I have on line three here? Charlie. I'm sorry? Charlie. Hey, Charlie, how are you? Charlie, Lauren. Sorry. Yeah, I got a problem. I don't understand what's wrong with the police in, in Strathroy, the, the good police people there. Like, why do they have to sit and wait for the RCMP that probably came from Sarnia or London? They could have sent someone right away, interceded between the taxi driver, or did the RCMP say, no, 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 we, we got this covered. We'll kick in the door like he lives in High River, and then we're going to taser him like a Polish tourist. We'll show you how it's done. Well, I think that, and I think we heard this yesterday, that the RCMP did say they were liaisoning with the Strathroy police at all time. And so that's part of, and thanks for your comments, Charlie, that's part of what I'd like to know. Like, for example, maybe the RCMP would say, look, we couldn't be there all the time, but we were uh, in communications with Strathroy, and, and they were watching him the best that they could. Uh, again, it's just we don't have the information, and we need that. Let's head to Dan in Toronto. Hi, Dan. Hey, uh, Lauren, one of the reasons your caller said where's Trudeau, where's Wynn, is they're not going to say anything about this because they would have to mention radical Islam, which they won't. And the fact of the matter is I've heard some left-wing talk shows talking about how this guy must be mentally ill. Well, of course he is. Mohammed Atta was mentally ill. All these radical jihadis are mentally ill. So how is a peace bond or anything? Look at the guy in France who killed the peace, uh, the, the priest, the ISIS guy. He was on an electronic monitoring bracelet. How good was that? Yeah. And, and, and th- thanks for your call, Dan. And look at in the, in the criminal justice system, issues of mental health, uh, pervade the system. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say now that that Mr. Driver didn't have any mental health issues. And indeed, the, the RCMP didn't comment on that after. But that, that for me, is not, not really now as we move forward, is not really where the focus has to be. 
there, there's an issue here for me because of how serious this is. It, it's, it's, it's enforcement and, and it's monitoring. And what do we learn from this, especially about a person that was so well-known to the police? That's, that's the other thing. Alex, welcome. Hi, how you doing? How are you, man? Good, good. Um, okay, I'm a worker for TTC. I've been there over 30 years. Now, nobody, management was warned, but the employees weren't. And it's happened in the past. So for Bob Kinnear to go out and make that comment, he's right. And so you didn't hit. So were you working yesterday? Yeah, we were there, and but this has happened before, so it's nothing new for us. I mean, I've been there over thirty years, and I noticed with the last couple of years this has been happening. But you, but you hear, you, you hear it after the fact, right? You're right, but Alex, just just to be clear, yeah. you work every day on on under that rubric of see something, say something, right? I mean that that's part of your training. Sure it is. Yeah. And so, you know, why is it? Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that that's something you do every day. And I think maybe, maybe if everybody didn't hear about it, it's because the way that was, it was messaged to the TTC. And indeed we found out this morning to Metrolinx, it wasn't a very, it wasn't anything specific. Yeah. But in the past we were told, so. All right. I, I appreciate that. Maybe we'll get that cleared up eventually. And, uh, I, I don't know many people who, who may be sitting here today, whether you're a TTC rider or a GO train rider, who are saying, I wish I would have known that there was a potential threat out there. What would you have done? Probably wouldn't have gone on the TTC or on the GO. Nick, what do you say? Well, um, what I'm saying is that everybody's overreacting. The RCMP know what they're doing. Uh, I don't think they should have taken out an ad because it's almost sounding like that, that everybody expected to know what's going on and what's not. They were certainly not going to put out the memo to every police detachment across the country. The situation was under control. They contained it. They dealt with the SOP. End of the story. Do, do you want to know now on a go-forward basis what they were doing, either with them, Strathroy police, to monitor him or try to enforce you know the, those I, conditions? I don't think, I don't necessary because at the end of the day as long as had they failed then i would have wanted to know why they failed but since they didn't i don't think we have to expose the way they operate okay because next guy that comes along then he will have the upper hand let them do their job all right thanks for your call appreciate it well yeah it ended up okay but a good argument could be that was really great work and also being very, very lucky, starting with the tip from the FBI. The AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.